for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Amen. Well, if you hadn't noticed, today's a little bit different day. I moved the podium out of the way and I sit on a stool. This other stool is going to be for Suzanne. She's going to come up and share in a little bit. Um, before I get into it, you do have notes though. If you don't have, y'all have the notes? Like, okay, if you don't, that we're not going to, we're, we're actually not going to go through a lot of them because I edited things out for time's sake. But I did want to thank, uh, thank you all upon, uh, on behalf of the staff uh, for all your generous giving, for pastor's appreciation. Um, you're, y'all were so generous. We, we divided it up between the six of us. Sloan is now in Arizona, you know, so he's not here, but we just, we took it and we gave it all, we gave it all uh, evenly that way as a blessing, but y'all made it so, such a wonderful, it was, let's put it this way, it's a lot better than a, just a Christmas turkey, you know, that you give. So, What? Christmas ham. Turkey's not Christmas. But I did want to thank, I did have a couple people uh, give me some mugs, coffee mugs. And uh, one of them was uh, from Rachel. Are you here, Rachel? It's, oh, you're right here. It says, be careful or you will end up in my sermon. (laughs) So, has anybody here had me mention you in a sermon? I kind of protected the name of the person that texted me yesterday, but now this one, this one sounds like I'm bragging, like, oh, look at me or look at us pastors, but I got to read this because this, this mug is coming from our head of security who is anonymous among you, could be male or female. They know what gender they are, but, uh, but this, uh, this mug says, uh, a truly great pastor is hard to find, difficult to part with, and impossible to forget. And I'm telling you, this is such a blessing because it comes from someone who has my back. If ever I got famous, I was going to go on the road and I needed security, this person would be right there because I know they wouldn't turn their gun on me. You know, they would be, they'd be supportive. But a lot of you wrote very nice notes to all of us, and so I just wanted to thank you for that. Um, so, Father, would you guide us now in this time? In Jesus' name, may you be glorified. Um, so I wanted to share, this is more like a family talk, as I said. I wanted to, I thought it would be helpful to begin the new year by sharing basically some Bible verses that were really helpful and guided me throughout 2022. Suzanne will get up in a few minutes and, and share one that God put on her heart. Verses that guided me and helped me through the year, and I believe helped guide us as a church. They're like compass verses, and no doubt a lot of you probably had some favorite Bible passages that guided you last year that you relied on, and I'm believing God will give you some more verses for this year to guide. So, you know, it's January 1st. I'm not standing up with, this is the word for 2023, thus says, because I think the word for 2023 is the word. 
okay? If Sloan were here, he'd be yelling more. I heard him, actually, from Arizona. But the Word is the Word. I believe that basically we're going to let the Bible be the preacher today. And, um, you know, because Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that imply? That it's dark out there. How many of you know the darkness, spiritual darkness in our world is getting darker? And Isaiah says that. So we need to increase our light. I, uh, this is a little risky, but, you know, if you're on a really dark path at night, you need, you need more than just a little flame from a little match to stay on the right path. You need, we need to increase, increase our lumens spiritually so that we see better on the path. We need divine light. We need, Scripture says the Bible through the Holy Spirit brings illumination. That means, that means it, it brings light to our darkened thinking. See, because we have darkened thinking and the world's got its kind of thoughts. So we need divine light, we need illumination, and we need revelation for our spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit breathes on the, the written word bringing revelation. We need all of those to stay on the path because of how dark it is out there. So, you know, the truth is sometimes we can veer off the path. You know, like a car with the tires out of alignment or out of balance. I'm not sure the difference between alignment and balancing, but I just know if they're out of alignment, your car can tend to wobble or veer off. You know, anybody had a, some wobbly days as a Christian? Well, a lot of times it's because we get away from looking and renewing our mind to the Word of God. And so we need to, you know, a perfect example of that, Psalm 119, verses 9 and 11, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word, thy word I've treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Well, I remember being in the early 1980s as a youth pastor, and one of the messages I'd preach to the youth regularly was to stay pure, you need to treasure God's word in your heart. So I would put the Bible under my shirt as kind of a little cute, treasure it in your heart that you won't sin against him. And, um, and it's interesting because the NIV says, how can a young man stay on the path of purity? So we want to stay on the right path. So here's some verses that we'll let the Bible preach today. Jeremiah 2, verse 5 is the first one. The Lord had me basically in the book of Jeremiah all year long. Maybe not, not every morning, but mo three to four mornings a week, I would read extended passages of Jeremiah because I like, I like poetry, I like, and I love the way Jeremiah writes things. It's, it was amazing. So I found it entertaining and aesthetically pleasing, but I also it really blessed me. And, and I've, I'd come to Jeremiah 2, verse 5, in, in, in which I'd, I'd read it day after day after day. And then this verse 
jumped out at me, and here's what it says. It says, this is what the Lord says. What fault, he's talking to the Israelites, what fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And I, I, would, I read that, it hit me really hard. Yeah, the, the, God was saying, I, Israelite, your ancestors, your parents, I guided them through the wilderness. I provided for them, I protected them, but then they turned from me. And so I could, it's like I could hear the tone of the Holy Spirit saying, what fault did they find in me that they would leave me and go stray and, 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 and worship other, other things? And it, it, was, it was like, it, when it hit my heart, I just blurted out in my prayer time, because prayer time is reading and talking to God. Meditate means to mutter. So I was reading it, and I just went, he says, what fault did you find in me? And I went, I find no fault in you, Lord. I find no fault in you. I only, I said it one time, and I felt like an amazing encounter where the, I, I didn't realize, but I had kind of developed a complaint about things. And it was like a balloon of, of woe is me that was inflating, inflating. I wasn't even aware of it, but when I said, I find no fault in you, it's like a pin popped that balloon and I stopped complaining in my heart about that thing. And I'm telling you, whenever that day happened, I started saying, I still say it maybe five or 10 times a day. When something's not going right, or God hadn't answered that prayer, in the time I want him to, I stop and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get angry. And I stop and I say, I find no fault in you. You, your leadership is perfect. I trust your way. And I'm telling you, it gives me an attitude adjustment, like right then. And I'm sweeter and I'm fresher and, and I get back to, to, to being in victory. But I, but I encourage you, that's a word from the word for me for this next year. And it continued, and I want to declare, it would do me heart, my heart so good if, I mean, I'm not going to follow you around with a microphone. But if you were in your car or and somebody cut you off or whatever happened and you went, I find no fault in you. That would blow me out if you actually took that, took my advice on that. Finding fault, um, it keeps it saying that, declaring that, that his ways are the best, and I'm not going to complain. It has really kept me from sin. It's kept me from sin because when I confess it and, real, and see his ways are without fault, then sin is me leaving his ways, saying, I don't like your ways, I think I'm going to do some things my way to, in order to have some, some escape from your ways. Are y'all getting this? I mean, oh, come on. So it really has helped me in, in even walking in, in a purity and a holiness. 
like I said, honest, 10 times a day, 10 times a day, I find no fault in you. And it just, it, it nips it in the butt. Okay, second, second verse, um, this one is early Thursday morning, um, I woke up in, in my morning time. This is, this is a, I'm so glad God does this with me, but in the middle of the night, many, many nights, I'll get up in the middle of the night and a thought will come, I'll be impressed by the Holy Spirit on what to read that morning, like a verse or a chapter or an address, you know. So I, Thursday early, like three in the morning, Thursday morning, the impression came, read Acts 9 and Acts 19 when you wake up. Now, I don't stop and wake up at three and read it because then I couldn't go back to sleep. But I file it away, and lo and behold, I can remember what he says to do. So I get up, I go out on my porch before the squirrels are up and the birds are still sleeping. I get out there because it's all really quiet, and I, I put on my phone on the audio Bible, and then I go over and I read the verse while I've got it playing. So I hear it, I hear it and I read it. And so... This is too much information, but it helps my eyes to track because I'm believing. I've told, the, told you all before, I'm believing my eyes are going to get better. And I think they're getting better. I'm drinking carrot juice and all that, but I'm also praying for better eye tracking. But, but I read Acts 9, and I don't know if it's like you, but I'll be reading and I'll get distracted right in the middle. It's like verse 5 or 6. I, I start thinking about other things, and so... Now with the phone, I can just scroll right back and start again. And like my fourth time through in Acts chapter 9, verse 31 popped up, jumped out at me. Anybody ever had scripture like jump out at you? Okay, that's the, that's the logos becoming a rhema. Those are two Greek words for the word of God. In other words, the scripture that's timeless Something comes alive, and it's like, for you that day. For, you're like, whoa. So 931 drops in my spirit, and I'll just read it. Let's just read it together. It says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. And I felt, I did life all over that. And I felt like the Lord said, that's a promise for River in the Hills in 2023. Four promises from Acts 9.31. It's so, it's so gotten me. I've told you all before, I set my alarm on my phone a couple times a day to remind me to pray a certain prayer. I am going to set my alarm for 9.31 every morning to stop and pray this over River in the Hills. Now, here's what, it, break it down real quickly. The, the four promises are that the, the church, I believe we'll, we will enjoy a season, a year of the shalom peace of God. Of the peace of God, maybe not outside in our circumstances or in our nation, okay, 
or even in other situations, but that we would enjoy the peace of God on the inside at a level, at a measure that heretofore we've not walked in. How many of you would like to walk in more peace? Philippians says the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your heart and your mind. That means it's a, it's a tangible commodity of the Spirit that can protect your thoughts from getting all stirred up. It will guard your mind from vain imaginations and these other things. Your mind, get, your mind can run away with you. It will guard, it's a shalom peace that will guard our minds and our hearts in Christ Jesus. Shalom also is the Hebrew word it means to be made whole. So I'm believing we'll enjoy a time of wholeness in our thought life, of, of wholeness in our body. When you get physically healed, your body gets made whole. It's the shalom peace of God. Okay? The shalom of God for our body, for our mind. And, and I believe even more for this, I'll be praying for our relationships, for our families, for, you know, there's no big stir here in, in the church family, but I, I would love that, peop, that there would be a greater level of peace. And I would love, and I'll be praying this, that when people, you know, they'll come in to a service or a Sunday school or a home group, I know, Nate, you've got, Kaylee, you all have these testimonies of people coming in stirred. I was at your home group one night. A lady came in just totally freaking. She thought, well, maybe that home group's there. She comes in, the peace of God, the power of God. And didn't her daughter get healed of cancer? Come on. Okay, so that, after that night, but it was like, I pulled over, I came in. Well, I'm believing people are going are gonna to come in and experience. They're in turmoil and tumult out there, but they come in here, and there's, they're like, I feel the peace of the Lord. Okay, so peace, strengthen. The second one, strengthen. I believe the Lord wants to release in this year greater divine strength from the Holy Spirit for your inner man, strength for, <clears throat> for you physically, I believe he wants to increase our strength. Strength in our strength to bridle our speech. Do you know it takes strength to not have your mouth go off to all kinds of things? <laughs> right? It really does. So I'm I'm asking for that. Lord, give me strength to not go off, go off into these things, okay? Third one is that we would this would be a year of walking in the fear of the Lord. What, what would it be like? I mean, I think we do to a degree, but I'm kind of imagining, Carrie Nichols, you preached about the imaginations. I mean, imagine you're around a company of believers who are walking in the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord doesn't mean you're afraid of the Lord. Okay, you're not afraid of Him. You love Him and you want to approach Him as Abba Father. Okay. Fear of the Lord is you're afraid of what could happen if you leave the Lord. If you step out from under his covering. It's like, oh, wait, I don't want the world, the flesh, and the devil to come at me unnecessarily because I, did, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't in the... So the fear of the Lord is I'm staying under this thing. I'm staying connected. 
I'm staying wholehearted in my devotion and my dedication. My devotion is I, I love you. I'm devoted. My dedication is I'm going to obey you. So that's the fear of the Lord. The, the fourth one is, is the uh, walking in the uh, encouragement of the Holy Spirit. I believe we, to, when we are, as a church, I believe we're going to enjoy times where increased measure of you come in discouraged to whatever we do as a, as a group, and, we, and the encouragement by the Holy Spirit comes to us. I'm looking forward to that. I believe that's happening now. But I want to say this real quickly. The, the fifth thing there, I didn't put it as one of the four promises. It says that church in Acts 9.31 increased in numbers. Now, I'm not sure about that increased in numbers because I don't have a strong sense on that. I, I will say our main goal as a church is to move God's heart. Our main goal is the first and great commandment, to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay, so, so and it would be fun to get, ah, I prophesy increase in numbers, but you know what, you know what I believe? <laughs> I believe if we move his heart and we are experiencing greater shalom, peace, and greater uh, strength, and greater encouragement from the Holy Spirit and a greater level of walking in the fear of the Lord, we'll tell people. We'll, you know, it's like a half-off sale at Tesla. You know, hey, Teslas are half-off this week. Now, if you knew there were, if you could buy, buy one Tesla, get one Tesla free, is it okay to say Tesla? Elon Musk, I don't, I don't read the room. Okay, all right. That's good news, right? You would tell someone, hey, if you go there today, you get a free Tesla if you buy one. All right, I like that illustration. I'll move on. All right, so, so that's, I believe we'll tell people. I believe that that'll happen, but that's not the four promises. Fourth, uh, the third verse I'll speed it up. Mark 1, verse 8. Mark 1, verse 8. I indeed, this is John the Baptist. He says, I indeed baptized you with water, but he, Jesus, will, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, again, I, to, I told you in the middle of the night, the Lord often gives me direction for what to read the next morning. Guys, totally honest. At least 10 times this year, in the middle of the night, I hear in my mind, the thought in my mind, internal audible voice, read Mark 1.8. Like, wow. First couple of times, I'm like, I wonder what that is. It's kind of like a surprise. I can't wait. And this is what the verse says. I baptize you with what he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So about the fourth time, I hear it, read Mark 1.8. I'm like, Lord, I know what Mark 1.8 says now. He says, read it again. I read it again. Another week later, I read it again. And here's what started happening. I do believe it's really big for 2023 on God's heart for us that we as Christians 
walk and live and move and breathe being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Moving in the power of the Holy Spirit rather than our own power, our own intellect, our own energy. Now, I had a whole section here on how to be baptized in the Spirit with speaking in other languages and tongues. I had, it was in your notes. I edited it because that's really kind of a standalone message of how to, you know, how to be baptized with speaking in tongues. But the impression I had for us for this year was, especially for those who have the prayer language, we'll pray for you today if you'd like, like that for sure. But the impression is, let's invite the Holy Spirit to daily fill us with the, with the Holy Spirit to empower us. I have been convicted because he kept telling me, read it again. It's kind of embarrassing to tell you but I'm going to tell you, it's embarrassing how many times I did something as a pastor or as a husband. I made a decision, and I, and I didn't really wait on the Lord for confirmation. It's embarrassing. It's like, and I'll even say, you know, someone will have an idea. I'll say, well, I'll pray about it. I didn't really pray about it. Is anybody else? Y'all are staring at me. I didn't, I did some, but I'd be, you know, and because because I've been a pastor for X number of decades. I know how to do. I know, you know, and so it was much, it's much more the Lord's like, uh-uh. 2023, you can't rely on what worked in the past or just what it's gotta be, Lord. And you know what? I don't want us to all be flat on our face in desperation going, God, I'm so desperate. Come and speak. You know, let's not, let's not go there if we don't have to. Right? Let's say, fill me up today so you can go ahead of me and, and set things in the, in the right perspective. Amen? So um, Charles Spurgeon said this. It's in your notes. Without the Holy Spirit, we are ships without wind, or chariots without steeds or without horses. We must have the, the Holy Spirit leading us on this. How do you get filled up every day? Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled there is the, the Greek construction is present continuous action. So daily be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says don't be drunk with wine, that doesn't mean, can I get drunk with whiskey? You know, no, you don't, don't go there. It's just, don't, don't, there's a drunkenness that the world offers, and then there's a, a drunkenness that the Spirit offers in the sense of being filled and exuberant, okay? But be filled daily. What does that mean? Well, how many of you have cars that you go to a gas station to fill? Right? You fill your gas tank. You have to park. You have to sit there. You have to put, get the gas in. Okay? So find a time. Find times. That board back there under that sign, are, people are signing up, putting their, their name on a, a sticky note, basically saying, I'm going to fill up during that hour. Okay? 
it's it's directly it's it's not where you have Spotify worship playing while you're driving. That's general awareness of God, and that's great. But take time to fill up with the Holy Spirit through setting aside time to say, Lord, uh, I, in the Word, worship, sitting before Him, uh, directly beholding Him. So however that looks for you. Fourth, and then Suzanne, if you can get ready, Matthew 5, 13, 14, and 16 Jesus tells the church, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is something that I've related to the church over the last three years with COVID. Think about it, guys. It's January 2023. It was like three years ago we were starting to hear about a lab leak. No, it didn't say lab leak, excuse me. About some virus from a bat in a wet market. And, uh, and anyone who said it was from a lab got taken off the internet, right? Oh, that's misinformation. Oops. Oops. Yeah, we got flagged on our live stream for, for saying stuff. I think they flag Nate a lot more than me. <laughs> Woo! But you know, you, you got to sick in your attack dogs, and you went for it. Uh, but, but, we, but we started speaking up. We, we as a church, we took a stance. We're going to speak up, and we're going to speak out against this corruption, against this anti-biblical, anti-children, anti-Semitic stuff that's happening against these lights. Because we're called to be salt and light. We're called to, to let the world... You know what salt does? Salt preserves meat from decay and corruption. If we don't speak up, we're letting society become more corrupt. If it, salt also brings flavor to bland food. So Christians who are filled with the Spirit, we bring flavor to our world. We create things. We, you know, Austin Disaster Relief Network brings flavor to where there's disasters. Okay, we, we're salt, but don't lose our saltiness by being silent. Silence is compliance. We need to not be silent. Light pushes out darkness. We're salt and light. So I just want to tell you right here, if anybody's watching, 2023, we're going to keep speaking up. We're going to keep speaking out. We're not going to be silent. And we're, we're going to, you know, whether it's in prayer meetings, Kathy Wilson, man, Tuesday, if you want to come and and shake the salt and shine the light, right? Tuesdays at noon, amen? Um, we're in our prayer meetings and Bible studies and sermons and throughout uh, postings on social media. If anybody gets taken off social media, come and we'll celebrate. We'll have a party. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. This is, this, is, this is that verse. Those verses are related to us continuing to speak up in love, in humility, but telling the truth about vax mandates, about 
drag queen story hours about men can't become pregnant. You know, the sky is blue. Men can't become pregnant. So we're going to keep doing that in love because we're called to be salt and light. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Suzanne, will you come up and share? You're going to play something? Oh. I'm going to fall off of that. Oh. I won't heckle you. I promise I won't heckle. Do you want me up here or down there? I'm a math teacher, so I know how to holler. Um, but we're talking about scriptures for 2022, and, and the scripture that I'm going to share, I did not, this was not like a theme scripture for 2022. In fact, it was at the later part of the year when I said, you know, I think this is what has happened. So sometimes things happen in our life, and then we may hear a scripture or read a scripture, and we think, oh, I think that's that was what was going on. And it kind of provides insight, you know, into uh, things that are in the natural. And, you know, I learned something from uh, David Shibley uh, from Rockwall. One time he said, never be scared of truth that you might find from a non-religious source, because all truth is God's truth. All truth has its ultimate source, in uh, the, the, the God of the universe. He, he, the foundation of his throne is righteousness and truth and justice. A truth's got to be in there somewhere. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, good news. I'm really excited about 2023, and I'm starting the year in a better place than I was in January of 22. And it has to do with my physical health. And so... Um, I, uh, last year, I was getting ready to retire from public school uh, teaching, and, uh, you know, I just kind of looked forward. I'm, I'm 57, and I thought, you know, I, I'm feeling um, like, uh, emotionally kind of spent, worn out, um, that I didn't necessarily think was, could be blamed on teaching, <clears throat> I just felt like it was almost kind of like life and a bit burnout. Uh, I have uh, some hearing loss. Those of you that know me well, <laughs> you know, I have to say, huh, huh, what'd you say? Huh, huh, huh. And everyone's very patient. I found that hearing loss is really a good disability to have. Everyone is so nice about it. So if you, <laughs> if you had to choose one, <laughs> no. But anyway, so I have a bit of weakness in, in, uh, in you know, my auditory canal. There's nerve damage. And one of the effects of that is that uh, I have some balance weakness. And I didn't realize, but one of the medicines I was taking was exacerbating it. It was making it worse. I didn't, I didn't know this, you know? You don't know that. It, it's not, well, it wasn't communicated to me that that was, could be one of the side effects, right? And I'd taken it for quite a while. I also had insomnia. Uh, I had, you know, just other things, just not feeling very well. And I, you know, was really praying about 
how could I feel better? And I kept thinking, well, if I ate perfectly, I would probably feel a lot better. You know, I have bad habits and things like that. Um, But the problem was I pictured eating right as being something like, oh, no, you know, I'll have to eat like kale three times a day or something like that. And uh, I just pictured the whole world of nutrition as completely confusing and what I had learned, I didn't know if it was right or not or whatever. Um, But uh, I started in January and I thought, well, I have some idea about, uh, it was actually something that I learned during COVID from a a show, a, a doctor in California, and she was talking about we need to go back to uh, the, the way we used to eat. You know, we've forgotten what we used to know. And what we, what we used to know was that you ate just real food, you know. You just ate um, beef and chicken and pork and vegetables and fruit and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Just real, real simple, you know, the ancestral kind of way of eating. And so I rec- remembered that. And I thought, well, I'm going to look up on YouTube and start doing some more study about it. And, um, and it, it was like a whole world opened up to me of new things that, that I didn't know about. You know, I honestly had kind of come to the conclusion that anything about nutrition was probably overblown. Someone was trying to sell something associated, you know, a supplement, a vitamin or something like that. And you really couldn't. It, it probably wouldn't make that much difference, you know. And I think I see now that because there is so much confusion about it, uh, it's hard to see where the light is, right? Um, but I begin to to listen, and uh, I, I feel like I was divinely led to certain podcasts and things like that. And so I said, you know what? I think this makes sense now. I'm going to go back way beyond the 1980s, 1970s, when they gave us certain advice uh, about don't eat fat. And, uh, and, and so what, what do you replace that with? Oh, you replace it with carbohydrates and sugars. You know, they're fine, but just don't eat fat. And so the, I was in the middle of that. I was like 15 years old when that happened. And that was so ingrained in my thinking. I could never think to eat, you know, good food like a steak, right? That was just terrible for you. Um, but in, in all this research, I came back to like this ancestral path or this, the, the ancient paths, as it were, of just eating uh, real food, good food, and then if you did that, you didn't get so hungry, and then you could take some time called intermittent fasting, uh, and then you would even feel better. So, uh, and I'm sorry that I'm going into all of this nutrition stuff. You're like, hey, I'm at church, and uh, I don't necessarily want to hear all this, and, but good news, I have no, I'm not starting a nutrition business, and I don't have any supplements. In fact, I got off most of the stuff I was taking, okay? I just eat some food. When I get hungry and it's real food, you could shoot it or uh, pick it off of a tree. That's, all, that's really all I do, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, seriously, that's, that's it, uh, and I don't trim the fat, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, after about, I don't know, six weeks into it, I thought, you know, I kind of, I'm starting to feel like when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm feeling more la joie de vivre, you know, just like, hey, I think I can do this, right? <laughs> you either wake up and you go, oh my gosh, what in the world? And you know, if you have 
three major things to do, you're like, okay. If you've got five major things, you're like, oh, no. You know, and the whole overwhelmed feeling. I mean, I'm 57. I, I know some of you can relate to this. But um, anyway, I just felt more uh, excited about tasks and that I could do them. And, and so I'm thinking, huh, it seems like this way of eating has actually helped my mentality, my mental health, as it were. Uh, I mean, I didn't take um, depression medicine or anything like that. I wasn't diagnosed like that. But hey, you can be depressed and, and just have your own ways of dealing with it, right? And, uh, and that's good. Uh, but, but I thought, oh my goodness, I think this is actually helping me in this arena. And so, uh, you know, that was one of the things that happened. And then I realized, uh, what happened was actually, uh, one of my friends, cause all this time I'm praying, you know, what's the solution? You know, could I feel better? What do I do? That kind of thing. One of my friends mentioned to me, oh, did you know that, that, that medicine that you're taking for sleeping it, it affects people's balance. I said, it affects people's balance. And they're like, mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I got off that medicine. Sure enough, like in six weeks, I, I felt so much better, you know. So uh, I think, um, and I would, would like for you to put the, the scripture up now, Cole, if you can. Thank you so much. Um, I think what I'm wanting to say is that um, there are, these, um, the truth of God, it can relate to every area of our life, our physical, our spiritual, our emotional, and there are these eternal truths that are there that I think can be discovered, and it's that positive um, attitude that we have, where we can ask the Lord to reveal the ancient past, as it were. So, when, so this scripture, I, to be honest, I don't know at what point I saw this, and I thought, that's, that's what I've discovered, an ancient path. And the, the ancient path is, uh, is, oh yeah, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, people did not consume 50 pounds of sugar in a year. They just didn't, you know. And, and oh, and then... You know, all the packaged foods are super convenient, but they always start with flour, sugar, and vegetable oils, which are factory oils. And they're, they're probably not really good for us. And so the, the ancient paths are things that we used to know, uh, you know, 100 years ago or 150 years ago. And lo and behold, you think they might be laborious, but they're not. I mean, when they're filled with God's truth, it actually ends up being like, wow, I wish I would have known this a lot sooner. Uh, and, but hey, we start where we are, and each day is a new day, and we can uh, see those improvements. Um, and so I feel like what I kind of discovered was an ancient path. Now, it had to do with something in the natural, some physical uh, situation that I was trying to, to deal with. But there are ancient paths for our relationships. There are ancient paths for the church, the way the church should conduct itself, the way we should treat one another. The, you know, for our marriage, there's the ancient path for our marriages. And here's the, uh, so actually, let me, let's just read the scripture, then I'll get into that about the ancient path. So this is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths. 
ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So I see, it's like, uh, this is Jeremiah speaking to the people, and so they've obviously reached a point where they need to make a decision. And so I think that uh, for all of us that, you know, we should look, are there, is there something in our spiritual life, in our uh, em- emotional life, our, our marriage, our uh, <clears throat> whatever it may be, relationships with children, or our own health, you know, what, uh, I need to make a decision. I would like to see improvements. But the truth is, a lot of times we want to, we want to see improvements, but we don't necessarily know how. Right? I mean, it's not as simple as just saying, okay, I want to get better. Okay, I'm better. Um, no, there's, there's oftentimes decisions that we have to make and paths that we have to take. Which path do we, do we take? And so I feel that um, it's, it's just encouraging to see that um, it says to ask for the ancient path. So I think that indicates that there could be some mystery to to the things, to the ancient path. It may not be super obvious uh, what, you know, where your solution might be, right? Um, Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. So I think there's ancient paths for all of us. And here's the cool thing about the word ancient. So when I say ancient, we obviously think old and not just old, but really old. But actually that word in the Hebrew means eternal. So whenever you say the eternal path, you, we know that the, these paths were carved out by God himself, right? It's not just something old that they used to do when they didn't know better, right? Or now we have new technology and new this and new that, and oh, we've got a new, better way. No, these ancient paths are eternal paths that God formed. And Whenever we think of the ancient paths and the fact that they're eternal, that God carved them out, right there is where you would think, okay, these are the paths where there's truth. In all the confusion, here's some truth, right, in these ancient paths. Because wherever you find God, you find truth. And, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, which is like a path, right? I'm the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, And so we know the supreme value that Jesus puts on truth. And so never, um, you know, criticize yourself for being upset if you feel like you're not being told the truth, or that you're being truly misinformed. You know, we, we need to say, no, no, no. All truth is God's truth. We need to know the truth as far as we can know it, right? And um, so these ancient paths, I think the Lord has those for us to discover. And it's, and it's sometimes it's to remember what we used to know. And I think that's true in our nation. Uh, we used to know that uh, free speech was just so important because if you don't have free speech, you're assuming that whoever is clamping down on the speech does know the truth for sure. And that's not really a safe place in, among human beings because 
because right, sometimes we're getting to know the truth. We're arriving at it eventually. <laughs> so it's dangerous to clamp down on that, right? And as a nation, we, we've, um, you know, what are the ancient paths that our nation had? And I think we have to go back to, you know, our founding documents. And I was doing some study that it was so fascinating, and it's 12.02, so I'm going to quit, right? You're up here. I'm quitting. Yes. Um, but uh, the, the, truly, the, the founding fathers, although not every one of them you could say was you know, an evangelical Christian, they were in a century where they were looking back to the ancient paths that were laid out in Exodus, for how to govern people and how people should govern themselves. And, even, and they had such, uh, the founders had such a realistic view of human nature uh, that, they, that we were sinners. Uh, we had amazing things. I mean, they, they valued the individual so much, right? I mean, that's, we've had the freest society on earth because they had valued the individual. But they also were very realistic. We need checks and balances on power. We need constraints on people. And that's what we're hearing now, uh, that we don't need constraints on, on any of our behavior. We just need to, you know, have every option available. And those are not the ancient paths. Um, so um, I, I, I went there to the nation. <laughs> but that's the where, where I'm going to be praying in this new year, is that we could rediscover as a people uh, and as a church, our ancient paths. And I can just tell you that it's appropriate to value what our nation was founded on because many, the, many of the roots, uh, you can follow those paths back to Exodus. Um, and there was separation of powers in, in, the, in the Hebrew Old Testament, monarchy, priest, and prophet. You know, they didn't, God did not vest all power in one one institution. It had to be spread out, right? So there's just so many wonderful lessons, and I, I, we're, we're just, I'm grateful today for the scripture and the ancient paths that he has for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.